Hello world, welcome back. Another episode of Three Kind of Questions is out. Yes, yes, yes. And this time we have talked about a topic that is very dear to my heart as well. And that is increasingly relevant in this globalized world. And that is the topic of identity. I spoke with Ormi about her personal journey around identity. And this will give you a lot of golden nuggets, a lot of insights also in how can we come to terms with who we really are and how do we want to portray that out there in the world. So enjoy, take as much as you can out of this episode. Let us know your thoughts and donate on the link in the YouTube channel or in the audio versions. As always, thank you for your love and support. Speak soon. Before we go into whatever topic is the main topic today, um, I would love for you to just introduce yourself a little for our audience. Who is Urmi? What does she do? You know, how would you define yourself? Sure. So my name is Urmi and um, I live in Montreal. I work in the financial services industry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been six years that I've been working in this uh, industry. I come from an educational background of finance and I work in finance as well. Yes. And uh, I'm a full-time employee, but I also study. So I'm, I'm a little bit of both. And I also like to think of myself as a student for life. Ooh. And, um, and I identify myself to people as Italian Bengali. I always say I'm Italian by birth and Bengali by blood. Mm -hmm. And because I've been living in Canada for so many years, I also became Canadian by law. So I also say I'm Canadian by, by law. And I'm someone who's very um, disciplined and very ambitious and determined. Mm -hmm. So these are probably some of the three adjectives that define me as a, as a person. And I like to go um after what i want to achieve in life basically so i am a go-getter in a sense mm -hmm. yeah. nice so when you speak about being a student of life what exactly does that mean for you so one is um learning but learning like in two ways so one mm -hmm. is like learning through learning through i'm so sorry i did That's not so expect this <laughs> I'm so sorry. So um, one is learning through books, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like reading or like studying an actual subject. And the other way is learning through experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean, like student of life. And I feel like we're always learning. We're always learning something new every day. And that's how I like to enrich my life, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's through education, like through education, through actual books, or by just reading books for, for leisure, or mm -hmm. by learning from experience and learning from other people's experience, you know, like, um, I don't know, like, what does it take? What does it take to be a manager? Or what are some of the obstacles people went through um, in their life? And these are like some things that you cannot find them in a book, you only learn them to personal stories. And that's how I like to think of myself. <laughs> Mm. So it's not only for you learning, but what I hear from that is that you are also very interested in sharing your experiences. Yes, and learning from other people's experiences. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So with your multicultural background, uh, because you mentioned Italian, um, but also the Bengali by blood, and now you live in Canada, how has that journey been for you? How did you get to define so clearly who you are with that very, you know, diverse background, basically. 
So it was always a work in progress, but I never mm-hmm. was conscious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like when I was a kid, I knew about the struggle that I was having with my identity because, you know, at home I was a certain way. My parents were very conservative, very, mm. um, a little bit backward minded. Like they wanted me to be like fully, fully Bengali. But then mm. like I was growing up and living in the Western world, in a world that was completely opposite to the one that I was living at home. Uh, so in a sense, there was a clash between the two cultures. You know, you have mm. the Italian and then you have the Bengali one, which are very opposite. One is very open-minded. One is very close-minded. So there was always a lot of clash. And all the people that I was growing up with were basically Italian people. So they mm. had hard time understanding. They had hard time understanding why I was not allowed to do certain things, why I was mm. not allowed to wear certain stuff. So there was always this sort of like, where I felt like I was not belonging anywhere, where I was not filling any of the boxes. Um, And when I was growing up, it was not so much of a like, of a big concern where I was like, no, I have to find this identity. Like it never crossed my mind. But I knew Mm -hmm. that I, that I always struggle a little bit on whenever everyone was asking me, like, what are you from? Especially when I came to Canada and people were like, oh, where are you from? Mm -hmm. I always struggled because I was like, I'm not sure. What do I say? Do I say I'm Italian? Do I say I'm Mughali? And Whenever I would give them like either one of the answer, people would question it. Like if I would say, oh, I'm Italian, people would be like, okay, but you don't look Italian. Mm-hmm. And if I would say, oh, I'm Bengali, then people would be like, okay, but you don't have, why do you have the Italian accent when you speak Italian, when you speak uh, English, for instance? Mm-hmm. And this started to become an issue, I would say, when I moved to Canada, because it's when people would, when it was when people would start asking me where I was from that I was like I don't know what to answer I actually do not know and even when you go like um you know when you have to fill up some documents and they ask for your nationality that's also where I struggled a little bit Mm because I was like I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what to say because I also felt like any I was not any of the option they put I sometimes I would be like okay probably I'm other but it's like what do I say so Mm -hmm. um so I would say like I would say probably like three years ago, this is where I started to like think a little bit more deeply about this. And I was like, I was like, I do have these two cultures in me. I think both of them belong to me. So why do I have to just tell them one of them? Because I feel like both of them represent me. Both of them are part of me, like, you know, 50-50 at the end. You know, I may not be Italian by blood, but it's still a big part of me because I lived my whole life in Italy. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, I don't want to tell people that I'm just one thing. I want to tell people who I am exactly. And this is how after a couple of years, like I would say probably took me two years to just figure it out that I was like, no, I am a little bit of both and I'm going to tell people that I am Italian Bengali. So this is how like I came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And what was the process? Because what I can hear is that it was really a process that took some time. And um, I think that's very crucial also for anyone who's listening or watching this to realize these things don't just come. We might have a realization one day like, okay, there's an issue here, but how do we come to a conclusion? So how did you get to a point where you were actually clear about your identity or clearer? It's, um, I feel like there is no clear clear-cut answer about this it's like you said it's not something that happens overnight mm. um and it, w- it was something that I've been thinking about for for a while and I always felt like 
my identity or the, the thing that I was going through was something that other people could relate to. So for instance, when I was on social media, like on Instagram, and I would look up for other girls like me, I started to see that there were people like me that were going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was like a wake up call that it's like, it's not just you, it's a thing that is shared by other people. Mm-hmm. And it was just by, by watching these people that I was always like reflecting a little bit about myself and thinking like, thinking like, okay, like it's not something unique to me. There are other girls that share the same feelings about their identity and how they struggle at home, how they struggle when they were growing up, this thing about the uh, being a Turk uh, culture kid. I think that's the concept um, where you're like, not belonging to one culture but you have this mix of different cultures mm. and then I started to like read books read more about other girls and little by little I think I always come to embrace both of them like as much as I wanted to like remove the Bengali side from from my part it was like no it still has like it's still it's still a beautiful culture because the problem was that I grew up in a household which was very strict to the point that I was like okay I don't think I want to be associated as Bengali. Mm. But then there's this beautiful side about it, which are like the tradition, the clothes that we wear, and the, the fact that we share like values like family and friendship. Mm. And that's when I was like, no, it's still like something that belongs to me and I want to still embrace it. And it was just acceptance. Like I just, it was just like time by time, I started to accept the fact that the, this culture still belongs to me. And, and the fact that I have this big love for like, let's say pasta or speaking in Italian, using gesture when I speak, it was part of me. So it was mm-hmm. like, I would say it was more like step-by-step thing, but it was like a lot of reflection about who I am, what I like, what I do not like. And, and I started to realize that I do like speaking Italian. I do like eating pasta, but at the same time, I also like the culture of my parents. I like wearing daisy clothes and stuff like that and that's when I was like you know what I am a little bit of both it's 50 50 and and it was just one day that I woke up and I was like I know who I am and I'm okay by telling everyone that I am Italian Bengali and I actually did a post on Instagram where I said okay here is the your Italian version Mm -hmm. of the your Italian Bengali version and this is when I like finally I would say came out to the world saying that this is my culture and this is my identity. And I also wrote a book just recently about it that I just mm, published, yes. but I do talk about a little bit about this. And it was just a step-by-step thing. And just one day I woke up and I was like, I am confident of what I am today. So, mm. so yeah. And would you say with that realization, the work of, really defining who you are has stopped or is that still an ongoing process? Um, I wouldn't say stopped, but it's mm-hmm. not even ongoing either. Like, like if you ever ask me, I will always tell you I am Italian Bengali. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is also that Canadian side that has shaped me in a bit because I think my whole process unconsciously started from when I moved to Canada. And I think mm. it was because of all those questions that I was always asked, like, where are you from? That made mm. me really, they triggered something in me. And I think Canada in a way shaped my identity because 
for instance, in Italy, all the people that I met, there were only one ethnicity. They were all Italians. Whereas mm-hmm. in Canada, you just find, like, it's a, it's a mix of different cultures, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no one is one thing. No, everyone is a different thing. And that's why I started to, like, realize that this could be my home. This is where I could, like, find my identity in Canada. In a way, it did help me to shape that. So I never tell everyone that I am Canadian, like, I know I am, but I still don't feel a 100%, you know? So mm-hmm. I I would still call Canada my home. And it's, it is part of my identity, but I don't yet present myself to people as Canadian because I think I'm not there yet. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, like, did it stop? It did not. And I think it might evolve to something else eventually, you know, because there's still that Canadian side in me that mm. has to, like, I would say that I had to yet discover or yet feel like I'm part of it. But for now, I don't feel, I don't feel like telling people, okay, I'm Canadian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think what you're saying is uh, really beautiful because it reflects the reality of very many people, I think, mm-hmm. in the world today you know, with globalization and us moving to so many different places, there are less and less places where there's just one ethnicity or group. There's always more and more diversity. So I think what it also reflects is that in our language or in our systems, we still talk in, you know, certain groups. We don't yet fully represent the diversity. And I think that's why you are sort of pushed to reflect on your identity um but the world is becoming more and more diverse i feel yeah and i think at the end you choose who you want to be you know like Mm -hmm. some people maybe let's say they're born in canada and their parents are from i don't know i don't know let's say they're from france or Mm -hmm. they're from italy but they still want to define themselves as Italian and they don't want to be associated to Canada at all. So at the end of the day, I think it's um, it's you deciding who you want to be and it's not the society deciding for you because I feel like for me, it was always the society deciding mm-hmm. for me who I am. Like, especially when like they would ask me, where are you from? And they would always question it. It's like, why are you questioning it? Like, I am mm-hmm. deciding who I am. I'm going to tell you who I am. You should not question it. Um, so... I think at the end, you have to choose who you want to be and no one else. And you don't want anyone else to decide for you. Um, And that's it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a question on that because uh, I can imagine when we grow up in a very conservative household, it might not be so easy to actually break out of that because we have been socialized in a certain way. And um, I would like to know, how did you get to a point where you would actually say, like, no, I want to do things my way and I want to make my own decisions? To be honest, when I was in in Italy and I was, like, living with my parents, um, it never crossed my mind. Like, it never crossed Mm -hmm. my mind. I want to do things my own way. I want to, like, make decisions for my own. It never did. It never did Mm -hmm. because um, I think my parents, like, they taught me to think their way and I never questioned it. Mm. That was the problem. So I never questioned it. I always thought that whatever they were teaching me was the right way. 
And because they only have like one way of thinking, I never saw that there were like different ways of thinking. And it, mm -hmm. it was, I would say it was only after moving to Canada. Uh, when I started to see like, I feel like Canada, it's like it really like the land of opportunities and it just opened up my mind to so many things. That's when I started to realize that, you know what, there is no one way. There are multiple ways of achieving things in life. You can mm -hmm. take different paths and it's not the same path for everyone. And it's not the same, it's not a race. Everyone achieves whatever they want to achieve at their own terms, at their own time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes the society tells you that you have to do everything in a certain way and in a certain time. It's almost like it's a race, but it's not. It's really not a race. Um, and I would say, um, so when I was living with my parents, it never crossed my mind. And it literally came to the last, I would say, in the last year that I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make decisions on my own. Um, I'm going to decide what I want to do in my life, you know. So some of the things that I do right now, for instance, like volunteering or, you know, um, doing public speaking, writing, writing my first book. These are some of the things that never crossed my mind, for instance, mm -hmm. because I was never thought of like doing these things. Or for instance, like even the book that I just published, like no one is aware of this. Like my family do not know that mm -hmm. I wrote this book, for instance. And would they be okay with that? I don't know. If they read it, I don't know if they're going to be happy about it. I don't know. Uh, so for instance, these are some of the things that I was never thought of doing but I decided to do them after seeing the fact that there are you can do it on your own like you don't need anyone to tell you that you have to write a book or for instance like I would say even having my own blog my own YouTube channel and I think all this little thing they just empowered me like all this little action that I took they just empowered me personally to make decisions on my own to do things that I like and to like also empower other people and and that's how I felt like it just gave me a little bit more of confidence, a boost of adrenaline to do things mm -hmm. that I want to do in life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there must have been some sort of hunger or thirst for something different in you for you to even move to Canada, right? So there must have been a spark in you even before without maybe even realizing um, sort of wanting something different. Yeah, I would say probably there was something in me wanting to have something different, which is mm -hmm. why like, I, I moved to Canada. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Canada, I had like no clue about anything, like literally, like, literally zero clue about what I was going to face. Like the mm -hmm. winter, for instance, is like super cold. That's one thing that I never, I never thought of. I remember when I went to university, I was so like mesmerized. Like it's like, in a key like it's like a kid in like wonderland you know mm -hmm. you see all these new things you're like wow and I remember like my first reaction when I moved to Canada was just seeing so much diversity it, it was incredible like I remember going to school going to university and seeing so many people from different countries it was so like eye-opening seeing so much diversity in Canada mm -hmm. was eye-opening because I was like I don't think I would have ever met these people this so much diversity if I have never moved to Canada mm -hmm. and and this is why I always feel like Canada did help a little bit mm -hmm. to change my identity and to find myself um, and just like triggered those like thoughts in my mind about my identity as well because I feel like everyone here has an identity you know like when you ask people they know where they're from they know what to say whereas I struggle a little bit 
Mm. And um, yeah, and this is why I always feel like my experience in Canada has been like so grateful because it really did help me through the whole process to find myself, to discover myself, because I do feel like it's a land of opportunities. Like everywhere I go, I always get to meet different people from different backgrounds who have different opinions. And that also like trigger a lot of thinking because it just helped me to see that there is no one way of thinking. There are different ways of thinking, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you don't have to fit a box. That's one thing that I realized when I moved to Canada that you can, you can literally create your own box, like literally. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't, like you can choose whichever box you want. No one has to choose for you. And um, if someone is listening to this now and thinking like, oh my God, this resonates so much with me, but how do I start? What's your advice for anyone who is scared to take the first few steps? How do I start? It's... um. It's a tough question if I have to tell you the truth mm-hmm. because I also feel like I did never I never had a starting point. I don't like if, if you ask me if I had a set defined mm-hmm. starting point, I'd never had it. Like it never mm-hmm. it was never in me. I just feel like I always had like unconscious thoughts in me, but I never came to realize them. Yes. And I think and I think everything has to start always with you and it has to start with what you want to do in life and what you like and what you do not like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you start to realize, okay, okay, maybe this is who I am. Because I feel like it also, the way it started with me was a few years ago when I was like doing things that I liked. So for instance, volunteering, it made me realize that I am a very altruistic person and I never thought about that. And then, for instance, uh, doing public speaking, you know, I never thought about about going to a Toastmaster club and, you know, speaking in front of a crowd. And that Mm -hmm. made me realize that I am probably a very confident woman. Um, And then the fact that I have a blog and now that I have published a book, it made me realize that I have a love for writing. Um, or for instance, having my own YouTube channel, which is Mm -hmm. something that was like never in my mind. Um, made me realize how much I enjoy being in front of a camera. So it's like little things that you do, little actions that you do in your life that I think it just brings a little bit closer to your true self. Mm. This is how I feel like it really did help me in a way. Uh, And I feel like these actions unconsciously really helped me to to find myself. And another one, it was also like when I was, for instance, looking for a job and I got so many rejections and I would like get very, really, really upset. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like all this rejection just, it just gave me a clarity of what I don't want to do in life. So, so I feel Mm -hmm. like at the end, rejection are redirections, you know, Mm -hmm. they just help you to find your path. And now, for instance, I work for this company and I'm so grateful about it. Like, I'm so happy that even if it took so many, so much time, literally a year to find something, I'm happy about where I am right now because this is where I want it to be for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I feel like little, action, little actions, they just help you to explore yourself. So I think it's always about exploring yourself when, you, when it's about finding your identity. So the more you're curious about things, the more you try new things, the more you'll be able to find yourself and who you're truly meant to be. Mm. That's very nice advice because it also shows that it doesn't have to be like one big thing. 
No. But it can be many small things um, that lead you on your path. And also another important thing that you said was things that are often seen by society maybe as a loss, like a rejection to a job, might actually be your biggest win because it was just not the right fit for you and it forces you to move on on your path and find the right thing. Yes, yes. And it's mm -hmm. not like... It's not like a linear path. Like life is not a linear path. It's yeah. just, it, there are so many obstacles. You know, you have rocks, you have mountains, you have this and that. Mm. And, and I feel like this is the fun of it. You know, it's like, it's difficult, but then it makes you very strong and resilient at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also how it has helped me too, because I never realized that, you know, every time I was like, let down by something every time I was upset to something it was just helping me to become a bit more resilient and a bit, mm -hmm. a bit stronger and I think uh, that also shaped my identity too so um, it does take a lot of work it is a lot of um, it, there are a lot of challenges but challenges are supposed to be making like tenacious and very resilient and these are like important things that everyone should have in their personality mm, yeah so do you have like very specific goals in your head now about what you want to achieve or is it more something that comes to you as you know free flow it's funny because it's both it's actually okay. both it's mm -hmm. actually both um because a lot of the things that I have achieved so far, there were things that I had in my mind, but some mm -hmm. they just happen on the go. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, um, so public speaking, uh, for instance, was something that I was doing when I was in university, but then I stopped. I stopped and then at some point I was like, okay, I want to do a TED Talk. So if I want to do a TED Talk, I have to go back to it. So I went back to um, public speaking. So that mm -hmm. was a defined goal that I had in my mind. But for instance, YouTube blog was not defined. They were not defined. There were things that happened on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just because I was led by my curiosity. So for mm -hmm. instance, um, I once did um, an interview with a friend on YouTube, and it was my first time. And after like finishing the interview, I just realized that, you know what? I think I want to continue to do more of this. Mm -hmm. So I got to do a bit more interviews with some other friends. And then the more I was doing it, the more I was comfortable with those. So I was like, okay, you know what? I will probably just create my own YouTube channel. So I did it. Mm -hmm. It was something that was like on the go. And it was not in my to-do list. It was not in my bucket list. Nothing as nothing of the, that, that sort. And then... Um, when I did my blog, it was the same thing. It was, I was just talking on the phone with my sister and then she was like, oh, you know what? I want to have a blog. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I, sh I should do it too. So <laughs> I created my blog just like that. Mm -hmm. And then as I was like creating my blog, I realized that I have something like creative in me that I was not sure of. So I just started to realize, okay, I'm very creative in a way. And then uh, the last thing that happened was... Um, like me self-publishing my own book, which happened literally two months ago. So this mm -hmm. one was was like something that I always had in my mind, but I did not think I was going to do it now. And so for instance, like I was like, yeah, I'm going to write a book once in my lifetime. Okay, this was the plan. 
But then uh, two months ago, I was speaking to someone and I think I was just motivated by this person. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to go and write it. So I literally took me 30 days to write it. Mm. And then I was like, I'm just going to go and publish it. So I I would say this one was like on the go, but it was also set defined. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did it. And I do have like other plans. Like, I know for sure there are some other things that I want to do. So, for instance, I do want to publish a second book. Um, I'm thinking if I should have my own podcast eventually. Because people, they're like, oh, you know what? You seem to have, like, a natural talent when it comes to this. So I'm thinking about that. Uh, so I usually, like, define my goals when people are, like, giving me ideas. Mm-hmm. These are ideas that I did not think of. Um and then I do want to create a course, for instance, like an Italian course and a finance course. And who knows what might be on the way, you know, some things mm-hmm. that I do not know, they're known yet. And I think that it's like something that I'm going to discover through time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if when like it's something that I'm always discovering. So I'm mm-hmm. always open to things and I'm always discovering what I want to achieve in life. So I do have a list of things that I want to achieve, but there are also other things that I'm not aware of that I will probably also achieve eventually sometime in the future. Yeah, which is another beautiful lesson because, you know, it, it shows us that once we stay in action and we sort of move on our path, that's when opportunities come to us because we are also saying something by our actions. And mm-hmm. I feel what you just described shows that so beautifully like you start something and then the youtube channel happens through that or the blog and it's not something that was cast in stone but it just is in line with who you are and who you now want to be also yeah yeah yeah. and i also got a good suggestion with um like a, a good advice from one of my closest friends so she was like she's she's always encouraging me to try new mm. things because her advice was that the more you do things the more you're going to get closer to your true self. So mm-hmm. that was the biggest lesson that I learned from her, that it's like I have to continue to like try new things because that's the only way that I will learn about myself and who I am. And I think so far I did I did learn that. Like I did learn that I'm very ambitious, that I am a go-getter, uh, that I'm very determined. And I know mm-hmm. that I do achieve my goals when, I'm, when I stick to them. So she, like her advice really helped a lot to to really find myself and this is what I've been doing so far just trying different things and see where it leads me even though like some of them might not work out they might Mm -hmm. be a failure but this is part of life it's a trial and error you have to try until you find what's the right fit basically yeah absolutely and I can sort of hear that people's input um does play a role in your life as well like you know, the kind of advice you listen to and so on. So how would you say um, you choose your people who, you know, support you and cheer you on and so on to make sure you you can actually achieve? So I choose people that strive me. Mm -hmm. Basically, I choose people that uh, support me and encourage me to do new new things. And I choose people that are very open-minded. So... Not only that, but people that are very ethnically diverse. That's one thing that mm-hmm. I always look for. But it's not that I'm like looking for that and then I like, if someone is not ethnically diverse, I don't, I ignore them. It's not that. It's just something that happens like, spontaneously and naturally. Yeah. 
um, because, for instance, when I was in Italy, all my friends were Italian. So I always had one way of seeing the world. But when I moved to Canada, all my friends are like uh, from different backgrounds. Like I have people from, let's say, I, st- I still have a lot of people from Italy, but I have people from mm-hmm. India, Pakistan. I have people from China. I have people from Vietnam. I have people from like Latin American countries. And I always mm-hmm. like look for that because they always give me different input. Not only do I learn about their cultures, but they also give me different input about their way, about their way of seeing their lives. And uh, I do have a very like small circle of friends and all my friends are very like supportive. And I think you always want to surround yourself with people that are always encouraging you to grow personally. Mm. Uh, they are like supportive. And I think... Um, people that are always there to cheer you up no matter what you do in life you always want to have those kind of people that you know no matter what you do they will always be there for you and it's, I think it's so important because you don't want to have like people that are always negative because it just adds to it and it just creates a toxic environment and mm-hmm. I think when you have those kind of people it just stops you to to grow as a person you want to have people that are always saying yeah go for it try this thing see how it is and I think like in every relationship whether it's friendship or love or whatever family you always want to have people that help you to grow as a person and this is what i look for in every type of relationship that i have like friends family whatever and i think this is how it has helped me to really grow myself and i think the more like the older i get i I would say (laughs) Uh, this is where i feel like i start to realize who my true friends are and i Mm -hmm. think my circle got smaller but it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. Mm-hmm. And I think in a sense, um, these people that these people really helped me to, to see myself. It's because they always encourage me to try new things and they cheer me up every time I achieve something. Mm-hmm. And this is what you need in life. People that are like st- striving for your success, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it also shows, although the work of discovering who we truly are starts with us and of course we do the work but we are never really truly alone with it in Mm -hmm. a sense if we surround ourselves with those people who are really encouraging and you know cheering for us whatever we we want to do so that's very powerful Mm -hmm. yes i i do agree with you it's like um it's like you're playing a playing on like soccer and then you have like your cheerleaders cheering for you. That's <laughs> how I see myself, literally. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is, that's a nice analogy, yes. A cheerleader group that is there for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what would you say is sort of your biggest takeaway from your journey so far in discovering your identity? I know I'm asking you like this. <laughs> Big questions today. I would say, well, there's so many big takeaways, but I would say mm-hmm. probably that your uniqueness is your strength. Mm-hmm. And and that's because I had a discussion a few months ago with um, with a friend of mine. It's the same friend like who's always giving me this good advice. And I would say it was probably because I always felt like it was like um, something negative. The fact that I was like mm-hmm. having 
you know, like the fact that I, I had so many cultures in me, I always felt like it was not a good thing because I could never define myself. But then when I was speaking to her, she was like, you know what, your uniqueness, it's your strength, it's your asset. It's something that makes you like, um, how I want to say, like it's something that makes you very, yeah, very unique in a sense, you know, like you're not, you're different from others and it makes you stand out. Mm. And I never saw it in like I never saw it in this way. The fact mm. that I speak, for instance, so many languages, she said it's like you don't see that everywhere, you know, like it's uh it's something rich, you are like rich as a person. So when she said that, I just started to think of myself differently. And I was like, you know mm. what, it's not such a negative thing. At the end, I can say to people like I am all these things, and people you know, will see me differently. And they actually do, but they look me more with, um, I want to say, like they're mesmerized, there you go. Mm-hmm. I want to say they're like mesmerized by the fact that, you know, I have all these things in me, that I speak so many languages. And I think I've seen that a lot at work. Like when people look at me and I tell them, okay, I speak this many languages, they're like, oh, wow, that's so nice. <laughs> and I never thought of that. I never yeah. thought of that. So I think at the end, you like, who you are, your uniqueness is an asset to this world. And I would say that's my biggest, biggest takeaway is that mm-hmm. do not like choose choose who you want to be and choose to be your authentic self. Don't try to be someone else, you know, don't try to be what the society tells you to be, but just be your true authentic self, basically. Mm. Which also means you embrace where you come from all the different parts of yourself even the ones that maybe in the past you thought like oh this is more like a negative part of me Mm. exactly Uh, yes exactly I embrace everything um, because I do see them more as an asset and not as a liability Mm. yeah (laughs) that's a beautiful ending to this wonderful conversation Thank you. Thank you so much, Urmi, for all the wisdom and sharing your story and sharing also all the things that can be achieved mm-hmm. once we actually start taking small steps. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your time and speak soon. Thank you.